Hello, I'm Greg Whitby and thanks for tuning in to Blue Yonder Voices. Each month I sit down with an educator and talk about the work of learning and teaching in today's world. Today I'm chatting with Cheryl Brown. Cheryl's been a principal in the diocese for 12 years and in education for 32 years. Good afternoon, Cheryl. Good afternoon, Greg. You've had a very circuitous route and probably a non-traditional route to principalship. Would you like just to give us a brief overview of your your story? Yes, um, I am a mature age student and the beginning of my journey was when I was um, working in a Catholic school as a teacher's aide, working with children with special needs and then that grew into a full-time position and it was a very important time for my life and I was always working behind this teacher working with students and it became known to me then that this was my passion and vocation and I was promoted by the teachers they said Cheryl stop working at the back of the classroom sum up the front so that then inspired me to um, resign and start university ACU in um, Strathfield and? and then here I am today I said I've worked through many um, schools in um, teaching coordinator REC um, AP and then, and then today I'm very fortunate enough today to be working in the Parramatta Diocese. What do you think you really attracted you to the work? I think I believe I was really attracted to the work because I, I worked with children and it became a personal relationship and I engaged with their ability to learn. I encouraged them to try their, try their best, I challenged them as well and I was able to bring some children that possibly could have been lost in the classroom and they were able to shine with their peers and with their teacher. Do you think there was anything in your background that perhaps since it was non-traditional um, that, that, that you identified with and you had something to add from your life experience? Well I think what I think I would agree with you Greg I believe too that I was one of those children in the classroom that was very good in the classroom did what I was told in a classroom of probably you know going back a long time ago about 70 children so I never really I just blended in no one ever took any well I'm sure the teacher taught me every day but I didn't stand out put it that way either behavioral or academically then I went to high school and I had a particular teacher that took an interest with me in English and the teacher was what was the teacher's name? Because that's a question for Mrs. later. Mrs. Writer. Oh, right. Mrs. Writer. And um, that year, she worked with me with literacy, with, and I actually got a prize at the end of the year. <laughs> Inspired me. And I think that was the type of things that I believed in, that how people can make a difference. And also, you know, I don't believe in putting a lid or a brick on type of children's heads and say you can't learn anymore. I believe that every person has the potential to learn but in the right environment. Why do you think schools have such a good opportunity to help kids like that? Well, the school supports our world in a sense. I mean, whatever's happening outside in our society happens inside our schools. So I believe that we bring our children into our schools and we know that we need to be making them welcomed. We need to be able to understand where they're at in relation to their family life, with their ac academical learning as well. And I believe too that we need to model and be their champion for them. Rita Pearson, I love that video clip and I talk about all our teachers greeting the children at the door and to be their champion for them to learn. What do you think schools don't do so well these days? Uh, in your experience, in, my in your school. Yeah. <laughs> um, assessments that are not even um, relative to what's happening in the classroom. 
basic testing. And I could be honest with you, if I was where I'm today is only because I went to ACU and I had an interview to become a teacher with a particular gentleman, I think it was Brother Bracken. I also applied at Wollongong University and I did a test, multiple choice, and I failed. And I thought if my passion to be a teacher was measured only by the acceptance of that test to get into a university, I wouldn't be here today. So the interview got you through, but the test didn't. No, nope. <laughs> and I believe that's what happens with, our, with children will be able to demonstrate their learning in a hands-on, uh, constructive way, not always in an academic or rigorous type of assessment like How that. How did that really shape what you think good learning and teaching could be? Children learn differently. Yeah. Yeah. Children learn differently, and I think we have to cater for all the different learning. And also, when you're stuck, seek and ask for other advice from other practitioners. How do you keep current then? You're I love a, Twitter. You're probably a, a different teacher now than you yeah. were. <laughs> have you stayed passionate? Have you? I have stayed passionate because I've had so many children in my life that shine when things are going good for them. And I think sometimes they need a family other than what's at home because it may be dysfunctional and school is a safe place. And children ask questions. Yeah. So you're obviously a lifelong learner, but what sustains you in the role? Sometimes uh, not all days are good days. <laughs> Especially leading school communities? Not all days are good days, I would agree, Greg. Um, it's the relationships. When I'm really stuck in the office and feeling things are overwhelming, going out to speak to the kids on the playground or actually going in to do... Now, I do find that hard to do, but to get in the classroom and see the learning that's happening. Children are amazing, they're honest, and they can see how you feel. And that when they ask you, have you had a good day, Mrs Brown? I think that's wonderful. Are you positive, um, feeling positive about the future of schools? I am so positive about today's schooling because I believe that we are actually preparing the children for the future with the activities that we do in classroom about encouraging them to be problem solvers, using the inquiry cycle when they're doing their learning. They, they can use the inquiry cycle for many things, not just about educational or content knowledge and problem solving. They can actually use that in solving problems in their home life and world. In, in the broad education canon and you know, all the stuff that's been written about education, is there any one or two that you think has had a profound effect on your thinking about the work you do? Vivian Robinson with Inquiry, mm. problem solving and um, working through that process, finding what you need to do, looking at how what you need to do to be able to do the learning in the classroom with the students, assessing and working through processes. Mm. Cheryl, if you had my job, what opportunities do you think that might afford you to do some uh, some of the things you might want to do in schools? Well, I'm, at the moment I'm trying to create a sensory garden at our school. We've got children that need that in our infants. I'd like you to change the hours of the day. I'd Not like me, to change you. You've no. got the job. Okay. <laughs> I believe that um, the school hours are, are too um, regimented and I always think of you back in Picton when you said... How do I need to know, why do I need to know that we're all having lunch and recess at the same time? And that has stuck with me for many years because learning needs to be a, different. It needs to be, um, like at the moment, we're all down to minutes and hours. And I think it would be better if we were able to create different times of learning because some children learn better in the morning and some children learn better in the afternoon. And I think our teachers are really working hard and it would be good if they could work part of the day, be different and do practical activities in the other half of the day with the students in different ways. Just reshape 
the the eight thirty to three. Why don't you think that happens, or or that it's easy to do? I don't think it happens. I I find that it's not happening because there's too many stumbling blocks. Buses are what design times for school. Parents want their children to be taught the way they were taught. It really needs to be promoted in a very positive way and I think it would be great to be at a school that would do that and, and I think some of our um, K-12 to six school, K to 12 schools are working on different ways on how that might look like. But for, um, for the majority of people today, they would say that's really not going to help their child to learn. Well, I think I have to be careful about my job. <laughs> You've got an idea of reshaping the future. Uh, thank you very much for that, Cheryl, and thanks for your time. You can search for podcasts in this series by going to blueyonder.wordpress.com or subscribe to this blog for alerts. These podcasts can also be found on iTunes or via your favourite podcast app.